Hello and welcome to The World in 30 Minutes, the podcast on the ideas, events and policies that will shape the world from the European Council on Foreign Relations. My name is Mark Leonard, I'm Director of ECFR and today we're going to be talking about the situation in Greece. We're seeing rival camps uh, gathering in Greece, holding rallies ahead of Sunday's crucial referendum on international bailout terms. We've seen various attempts to define what this referendum means. Is it about the specific package that was on the table? Is it about whether Greece stays or leaves in the euro? Or is it simply a question about whether Alexis Tsipras remains as uh, as prime minister of, of Greece? We're going to uh, try and come at this from two main angles, both to understand the situation within Greece, but then to think about what the wider implications are for the European Union and the euro. And I have two brilliant experts to guide us through this complexity. Firstly, one of ECFR's council members, Lucas Tukalis, who is a professor of economics, the head of the most uh, prestigious think tank in Greece, Eliamep, former advisor to the, the European Commission and uh, a all-round savant when it comes to, to matters Greece, uh, Greek and European. And secondly, from our Berlin office, Sebastian Dulin, who is a senior policy fellow at ECFR, professor of international economics at HTW in Berlin, and he his research focuses on European integration, international macroeconomics, and financial market regulation. So, Lucas, do you mind if we go to you first to give us a sense of, of what the latest twists and turns are in Athens? Absolutely. Well, the situation is tense, of course. Uh, Greek society is polarized. Greeks are, some of them are very worried. Others are also very angry. The combination of being worried and angry can be a dangerous combination. Uh, the latest opinion polls suggest that, that the yes and no camps are going neck and neck, more or less. But the yes vote has been growing rapidly in recent days. Of course, nobody had been expecting this kind of referendum called by Prime Minister Tsipras. Many of us believe that the referendum was not only unnecessary, but also that the question set is completely misleading, because we all know, and all opinion polls have confirmed that repeatedly, that the large majority of Greeks, we're talking about anything between 70 and 80 percent, not only want to stay as full members of the European Union, but want to continue with the Euro even under difficult conditions. So the Prime Minister knows that, and he does not ask people whether they want to stay in the Euro or not, but whether they are prepared to accept the proposals put on the table by Greece's creditors. Proposals that are no longer on the table and proposals that cannot really be discussed in detail in a referendum and given yes or no answer. So this is why we're still not sure what is going to be the outcome, because the question is misleading and it is interpreted in completely different ways by the two different camps. Uh, the no camp, the government, says that if you vote no, you will strengthen the negotiating hand of the Greek Prime Minister to go back to Brussels 
and say that, you know, the deal you have offered us is unacceptable and can improve the conditions, which does not really make much sense. And furthermore, we know that virtually all of the political leaders of the Eurozone have not accepted that interpretation and are not likely to respond as the Greek Prime Minister is, is hoping that they will. The yes camp is saying that we refuse basically to answer this question because this question is meaningless. Therefore we vote no, I mean we vote, sorry, we vote yes and the yes vote means yes to Europe and yes to the Eurozone. And no to Tsipras. And no to Tsipras. Uh, to be fair, I am not an impartial observer. I've been actively involved in the campaign for the yes vote. So I should say that in the beginning, you're not talking to an impartial observer on this particular issue. And before I go to Sebastian to get some uh, take from, from outside of, of Greece, um, who do you think is winning in this campaign to define what the question means? Do you think that people, most people buy the idea that a no doesn't really mean no? Or do you think they do see no as the, the first real uh, step to an exit from the, from the EU or at least from the euro? Those who want an exit from the euro are only a very small minority and they remain so. In fact, judging from some opinion polls I saw this week, uh, they point to an even bigger percentage of those Greeks who want to stay in the euro than it used to be a week or two weeks ago. We're talking about almost 80%. Yeah. So there is no doubt about that. But still, those who vote no believe the Prime Minister and say that no means not only strengthening his negotiating hand, but also showing their indignation about the way Greece's creditors have dealt with the country in the last few years. There is anger in Greece. Of course, there is no doubt that the adjustment program went wrong. I would be the first person to say that quite a bit of the responsibility lies on the shoulders of Greek politicians and Greek society, who sometimes refuse to face up to reality. But I think it is also fair to add that the adjustment program imposed on Greece was totally unrealistic, that the economic burden that has resulted is huge, and it all started from one very simple thing back in 2009-10. When the crisis struck, Greece was insolvent, it was not illiquid. But the rest of Europe pretended that it was illiquid because Europe was not at the time ready to face up to the consequences of such an insolvency for the European banking system. And then trouble starts from there. So Sebastian, do you want to take us outside of um, the Greek political situation and explain a bit more how it's seen in Berlin, but also how some of the international players are trying to influence the results? I mean, first of all, we have to see that uh, all of Europe or most of Europe outside of Greece is completely fed up with Syriza and uh, with Tsipras and Varoufakis. Um, this is a little bit unfortunate because I think that 
while I do not endorse at all uh, Syriza's program or um, the way they are approaching this issue, I think uh, they have one point which is valid, and that is that Greek needs a debt restructuring. Um, Greek at, Greece at the moment has an unsustainable public debt level. This was confirmed once more yesterday by the IMF's latest debt sustainability analysis. And um, Greece is not going to get out of this uh, situation of uh, permanent stagnation and uh, repeated discussions about uh, the rescue package plus uh, debt default if we do not manage to bring this debt level down. And so this was a valid point. But unfortunately, the way they played it, they have made all potential uh, allies, they've turned them into enemies. Uh, this is quite astonishing because they managed to do that in a, in the matter of, of a few weeks. So they are now completely isolated. They're now running a referendum. Even if the Greek population votes yes, this will not solve anything. If they vote no, uh, it also won't solve anything. So we are just prolonging the, the deep crisis in Greece. Uh, and at the same time, it becomes more difficult in Germany to, 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 to get together the majorities who need to vote for a new Greek rescue package at the moment. The old rescue package would have been reasonably easy or to extend the old package because it was still a package where you just needed a simple vote on. But now, if you want a third package, at least legally here, uh, the Bundestag would have to give a mandate to the government first to negotiate that. And especially the, the Christian Democrats, the Conservatives, they are turning against Greece at the moment. And can you talk a bit more about exactly how the rest of Europe, particularly you know, the German government, the European Commission, the IMF, the ECB, are, are trying to influence the situation in Greece? Because it, it strikes me that um, you know, a few years ago, Sarkozy and, and Merkel very astutely used the bond markets to force Papandreou and uh, and Berlusconi from office. Now they seem to be trying to do the same trick, but through the democratic process rather than through the bond markets. Frankly, I'm a little bit concerned about the way they have intervened in this Greek debate. Because if you look at Juncker's speech from Monday, where he said, well, we, we don't... We didn't propose any cuts in pensions. Uh, this is just not true. If you look at the documents, which have been leaked since then, um, there, there were some proposals touching the pensions. I mean, you can now say, well, this is true the same way uh, Bill Clinton said I never had sex with Monica Lewinsky, uh, because there, there are some proposals which, which do not lower the, the amount regular pensioners in Greece get, but there are some proposals to increase contributions on pensions, which would lower the, the, the net pension ratio. And there, there are some issues about the supplementary pensions, which uh, sometimes take, take the role of, 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 of a social safety net. So my, my feeling is that a little bit, both the, 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 the German government, but also the, the Brussels community, they are not completely honest in this, uh, in this process. And this is a little bit of, of a problem because the EU has lost a lot of credibility over the past years anyway and now if they do if they say something which can be perceived as as being not 100% true they play into the hands of of Syriza i think they they could have dealt very well with with just the truth but uh, of course then it's problematic that they never even talked about debt restructuring and debt relief for greece uh, so lucas from your perspective as someone who's trying to persuade your fellow citizens to to vote yes how do you feel the international interventions have been? Do you think they've been clumsy and unhelpful or are they helping to clarify people's minds? Uh, well, 
it seems that uh, most uh, European political leaders have decided that once Mr. Tsipras called for a referendum, they wanted him to go through the whole bitter experience and hope for a yes vote that will be a, fi a big blow to him. That is my interpretation of how Mr. Juncker, Mr. Hollande, uh, Frau Merkel and others have reacted so far. Of course, this is a gamble, but you might say that fair enough. I mean, he's the one who started it, so he might as well take the consequences. Uh, one point, perhaps I would just a small bit uh, reference to what Sebastian said before. He's absolutely right, of course, that uh, the new Greek government that, remember, comes from the fringes of the Greek political system, because the political system imploded. And the result of that political implosion is the present government in Greece. Just bear one figure in mind. I mean, the two parties that used to run the government in Greece, I used to alternate in power, like the CDU and the SPD in Germany, in the center-right and the center-left, used to get together about 80% of the vote. They got 78% in the 2009 elections. You know how much they have now? In the last election, 33%. It's 45 percentage points drop. The result is Syriza in power. Now, those people started with some valid arguments, like the non-sustainability of the debt. But they are totally clumsy. They have no capacity to negotiate because they have no experience. The expression I've used in something I wrote two days ago was that they have exhibited the diplomatic grace of an elephant. <laughs> the result is that they've made enemies of everybody in the Eurozone. I mean, to manage to get the whole Eurozone united against you is an achievement, uh, which is not usually uh, something that happens in, uh, in Eurozone's uh, uh, discussions. So going back now to the international, the, to the negotiation, the Greek side mishandled the negotiation, but I had no doubt about it. Uh, Mr. Varoufakis was the worst kind of finance minister that the country could ever imagine. Because the trouble with him is that he's both eloquent, intelligent, and educated, but he has absolutely no sense of measure. And he has other also defects that I would not like to elaborate on. And on the European side, if I judge everything on the basis of, let's say, the proposal that the Greeks are called upon to uh, vote on Sunday, if that is the best thing that the European side is prepared to offer to a country with a 27% rate of uh, unemployment, having lost 25% of its GDP, and with 180% debt as a percentage of GDP, I'm sorry, but I'm not surprised that quite a few people want to vote no, because this was a proposal that would guarantee further economic stagnation. And this is one of the problems we have in the debate in Greece, because we who defend the European position sometimes are being called to defend an almost impossible deal that is presented by Brussels, despite all the efforts made, and I recognize that, made by Mr. Juncker. 
So what's going to... I mean, one quick question to ask is, do you, is this referendum definitely going to happen on Sunday? Because there have been questions about whether it's legal or not, and um, the, the court apparently, the Greek... Uh, Greece's highest court, administrative court, is meant to be ruling on, on whether the referendum violates the constitution or not. But is your assumption that it is going to go ahead? Yes, my assumption is that we've got. So, what happens the day after the referendum um, if there is a uh, a yes vote? Do you think? Well, if there is a yes, it's very difficult to predict because if there is a yes vote. Uh, we are not sure whether Mr. Tsipras will consider that as a resounding defeat, which should be for him and for his party, but whether that will lead to him resigning. At some point he said he was not going to uh, remain as prime minister having to negotiate deals that does not believe in, therefore implying that he would resign. He seems to be backpedaling, judging mostly from comments made by his close collaborators in the last one or two days, probably because they fear that they may lose the referendum. But I think, irrespective of whether it is a yes or no, if Tsipras remains in power, whoever is in power, they will rush to Brussels and try to negotiate a deal, because without a deal, Greek banks will remain closed. Uh, the Greek economy will continue crumbling. And this is a situation that cannot last for more than literally some days. And do you think that they're going to introduce some sort of parallel currency, um, at least to pay government employees? Well, that would happen unless if there is no deal in the next uh, two weeks or so. Yeah, so that would be the road down to Brexit. And Sebastian, what do you think is going to happen if there's a no vote? Because Cyprus says that that just means that you can negotiate a better deal and it will strengthen his hand. But the the message from Berlin and Brussels is uh, somewhat different on that. What do you think will actually happen if there's a no well, frankly, I, I believe we are going to have negotiations no matter whether we have a yes or no vote. Um, because, uh, as, as Lucas rightly said, the banks cannot reopen without a, a, a new package. And, uh, frankly, for me, it's very difficult to see how the ECB could argue that they, they are increasing the emergency liquidity assistance without a package. Because they, it's difficult to say, well... Uh, last week we we were before the referendum and we didn't accept the loans to Greek firms and households as collateral. Now we had the referendum, but no package, but we accept them. So the negotiations will definitely go on because even if there's a no vote, it's it's not that easy. You cannot just kick Greece out of the eurozone. Uh, and I think some people, at least in the eurozone, they are still they still want to want Greece to remain in in uh, with with the current currency. So I guess there'll be some new negotiation. Uh, frankly, I don't think that Cyprus' position has been strengthened, uh, or will also will be strengthened by by a no vote. It definitely will be weakened by a yes vote. I I I cannot really see how we can go back and ask for any more concessions if if, if the Greek population votes yes. Uh, if there's the no vote, they will restart. But I'm not sure whether this will all come in time 
before we really move towards a Grexit. And that really depends on, on what the Greek government is going to do. If they really start introducing a parallel currency, then as Lucas said, this is the first step towards a Grexit. This is a little bit what we've seen in Argentina. And this is a slippery slope, I would say. If they don't do this, they will not be able to pay the wages and the pensions. And, well, this this will lead to possibly to, to more unrest. So there there is... Greece uh, is set for, for uh, I would say, an extended period of uncertainty and economic turmoil. And both of you, again, do you think that a Grexit is, uh, I mean, what kind of percentage chance do you think there is of that? Because I was recently um, at, uh, well, why don't I come clean about where it was? It was at George Soros' 85th birthday party, and there are a lot of... Um, uh, bankers and hedge fund people and economic people who seem much more sanguine about the Greek situation than the political people that I spend most of my time talking to. And they all seem to think that it was highly unlikely that Greece would actually leave the euro, that it would probably default within the euro and that you'd have this sort of parallel currency introduced, but that there'd be ways of of recapitalizing the banks. But you, you just have to do a firewall so that none of that money went to buy Greek bonds, but, but the spreads would go up in other countries. But they thought it was very unlikely that Greece would, would actually leave the, um, the euro. Is that the assessment that both of you have or do you have a different picture? Sebastian, why don't you go first? <laughs> okay, uh, I've been saying for a while now that, oh, well, probably since Cesarisa was was elected, that I see about a fifty percent chance of Greece leaving the eurozone um, over, let's say, a two-year horizon or so. Um, and my argument would 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 be as follows: I mean, you you might be right that there is a possibility to default within the eurozone to find some money to recapitalize the banks and so on. But uh, it it won't change the, the 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 situation in Greece much if you do that because I mean, again it, it will if you don't come up with a really comprehensive package the Greek population will remain in jeopardy and uh, will suffer and the economy will not recover and even if Syriza implodes now and unemployment remains high or even goes up well there are other populists which can be elected and my feeling is that if if Europe doesn't present something which really helps the Greek uh, people, then at some point there will be a proposal for for an exit for for for, for from the eurozone, and I don't know how long the Greek population is going to 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 take this before they they also turn against the euro. But so, do, do you think politically in Germany, for example, if you if you if uh, Syriza and Tsipras is uh, defeated and you get another technocratic government emerging that it would then be because they they have promised to look at restructuring the debt once the reforms are agreed yes but i mean they here in berlin at least the technical level of the ministry of finance they i talked to them in 2013 before the german elections and at that point some of them said yeah we all know that greek greece needs needs a debt restructuring and they said we will do so after the german elections then came the german elections after that nothing was done I'm and 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 there's a problem that I think, or at least it is, it is said in Berlin that there are some people in the finance ministry who have this perverse strategic idea that they could use the Grexit to push through some some of their proposals for eurozone reform, for which they hadn't had the 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 the, the majorities before, yeah. neither inside or outside of Germany. So, if you look at some of the proposals which which have been discussed before, these were things like having a budget commissioner who really can intervene in international budgets and 
well, limit policy space at the national level further without creating new policy space at the European level. And there's some other ideas like that. And uh, as, as a tit for tat, Germany might give some limited euro bonds. And the idea which some people voice here say, well, let's throw Greece out. Then we might have a crisis in Spain and Italy, but then we come up with our proposals, we calm markets, and they cannot say no, and we come up with a stronger uh, eurozone. And after all, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not sure whether Mr. Schäuble thinks that way, but at least it would be in line with his ideas from the past how a eurozone should be structured with the core Europe and uh, some periphery states. And the feeling here among many people I talk to in Berlin is, if we manage to get to that point, it's worth kicking Greece out. Uh, this is not my opinion, I have to say, but this is something which is discussed here. So, uh, Lucas, maybe end with you on this thing, because both uh, be great to hear what your sense is on the, the possible possibilities of a Brexit, but also a response to Sebastian's idea about the, what it might mean for the future shape of the Eurozone and of the, the EU. Yes, uh, I, I know, I mean, the approach uh, Sebastian explained that exists in important economic and political circles in Germany is correct, I'm aware of it. I think it is extremely dangerous. It is not a view that is shared in several other countries. I would hope so. Yes, uh, it is not. Uh, and if that is the view that prevails, I fear that this is opening the gate to hell and to disintegration of the Eurozone, but I very much hope that we will not experience it. That's the first point. The second point is that I've been in similar and other gatherings like you, Mark, and I found even I was at a meeting about a month ago and I was struck by the big majority, and we were asked the question whether Greece would be a member of uh, the Eurozone one or two years from now, and virtually everybody seemed to agree that it would. Uh, I think this is the more likely scenario, but of course, with Mr. Tsipras in power and some of those people in Berlin thinking, like Sebastian explained, it doesn't help. In fact, the combination of the two is explosive. Um, but what Greece does need is a government that commits itself to reform, but this is linked to a plan that ensures sustainability and restores confidence in the future of the Greek economy. And so far we haven't had either of those two things, and the two things have to go together. Well, that's a very sober place to, to end this discussion. The stakes are enormous, uh, but it doesn't look like anything is going to be finally resolved with this referendum on Sunday. And in some ways, it does feel a bit like the Israel-Palestine two-state solution. Now, everybody knows <laughs> where we need to end up for a sustainable uh, solution, but how to get there and, and what the politics is is much more complex, and it's also difficult to be optimistic that the right forces will prevail on either in Berlin or in in Athens at the moment. But um, 
we'll all be watching this very, very closely. And maybe we can come back after after the referendum and and uh, see see what's happening and, and maybe spend a bit more time on these bigger questions about the, the future of Europe. But thank you very much to both of you for, for a really interesting discussion. Just going to end with our final segment on the podcast, which is our uh, bookshelf segment. Um, Lucas, you want to go first? What, what are you reading at the moment? Well, I just started reading the latest book by Tony Atkinson, Inequality, What Can Be Done, which is really a very interesting book, and which deals with, I think, one of the biggest issues facing, not Greece, but Europe in general, and this is rising inequalities within our countries. Okay. What about you, Sebastian? Well, I have the Tony Atkinson book uh, here as well, but I haven't started reading it. I'm rereading um, Paul Bluestein account on the Argentinian crisis at the moment uh, and the money kept rolling in and out uh, which gives us a very nice description what happened in Argentina uh, prior to to the default and then with the default it's a very interesting and inspiring read at the moment Um, I just hope we are not going to see a parallel in Greece and whenever these sorts of political crises erupt I always go back to Peter Mayer's book Ruling the Void which is this dystopian description of how mainstream politics has uh, has basically collapsed as the citizens have, have withdrawn from uh, the traditional political space and parties have become appendages of the stake and have lost their ability to to uh, articulate the demands of different groups and that that kind of ground is increasingly being filled by the new political movements that, w- that we're talking about and um, uh, you know Lucas's your statistic about the the mainstream parties going from 80 percent to 33 percent of the vote in the last election I think is is a perfect uh, expression of, of what Peter Mayer was talking about so thank you very much to to both of you for um, for that discussion. We will be watching the situation in Athens very, very carefully over the next few days. We are um, going to be publishing various things on the Euro crisis uh, and the future of Europe on our website at www.ecfr.eu and we'll also have links to all the, the books which were mentioned on that website, www.ecfr.eu slash podcast. And from Lucas Sukalis. Sebastian Dulin and myself, it's thank you for now. The editor of ECFR's podcast is Katerina Botel.